Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast, the official podcast of FilmPulse.net. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode number 143. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, as always, we have Kevin Rakestraw. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing pretty good. Good. Yeah. It's a bit stormy here, so if you really? hear that in the background, yeah. Ah. It just started we got, pouring we got, and storming. and We got some sunshine. Nice. Yeah. Good. It warmed up. It's 72, but it's Ooh. raining. So. Ooh. This week on the show, we'll be reviewing the Stephen Hawking biopic, and certainly an Oscar contender, The Theory of Everything, the werewolf flick, Late Phases, the Australian crime comedy, The Mule, and the indie comedy, Joy Kevin. Of course, we'll also be going over this week's movie predictions, new on video on demand, and DVD and Blu-ray releases. Remember, you can send us your questions to podcast at filmpulse.net, or leave us a comment on the site. We'd love to hear from you. And real quickly, just some in-house news that I wanted to to go over real quick before we get into it. First up, by the time you hear this, by the time this show airs, our first video series, the first episode of our first video series will be up. Uh, We'll be posting it on the site and it'll be on YouTube. And it's just a kind of new project I decided to get into called Film Pulse Plays. And basically, we talk about a movie and the video games that were spawned from that movie. So be sure to check that out and let us know what you think. The first episode is The Lawnmower Man. <laughs> so <laughs> so that one. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a good one to start with. That, that game, I have to say, that game looks fucking intense. It's pretty intense. Yeah. <sighs> It was uh, it was pretty intense, pretty hard, <laughs> like every game, and I realized that I'm terrible at video games. But it's funny <laughs> you keep, because you get you just keep trying. It's like you get kind of lazy with video games because all the newer games are easy. They're so easy. They walk you through everything. They let you keep trying over and over again, and it's not as frustrating. Now, like there's some exceptions, like Shovel Knight which is one of my favorite games this year, was a throwback to those old 8-bit games, and I loved it. There's and I was this, I was able to beat that game, too. Those old games were kind of mean-spirited. Yes, they were. And you'll see that with episode two also, just some foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to uh, throw this out to the listeners. Let us know what you think about this. Um, the last couple weeks, we've been formatting the show a little bit differently, where we've been getting rid of the what we've been watching section and doing more reviews of movies that came out during the week. So let us know if you like this way of doing things better. And uh, we'll kind of maybe go back to doing some of what we've been watching during weeks that only have one or two releases. But just let us know what you think of this change. Let's go ahead and just jump right into our first review. I was thinking we could start with the theory of everything since that's kind of the biggest yeah that's the biggest of these uh so this is directed by james marsh and it stars eddie redmayne felicity jones Uh, i have a synopsis here a look at the relationship between the famous physicist stephen hawking and his wife now i didn't realize that i guess i really didn't know what to expect going into this other than it was a stephen hawking biopic i didn't realize that it was based on the I guess it was the autobiography of Felicity Jones' character, his first wife. Yeah. Jane. 
So I didn't, I didn't really I didn't know, know that either. I didn't really know that going into it. Uh, and to me, that turned out to be a huge detriment to this movie. And I will say before getting into my opinions about it, that this is not my kind of movie. I am not into these ham fisted Oscar bait type movies. So right there, I wasn't too thrilled going into this, but the trailer really had me hooked. I thought it was a, a great trailer. I, so I, yeah. Cause for me, same thing. This is not my cup of tea. I don't have an interest. I, I can't really stand biopics to be honest. And, yeah, I'm not a big fan of those either. But I was hooked, too, by the trailer. I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh, shit. This actually looks pretty good. Redmayne looks unbelievable. Let's do this. But, the, boy. Yeah, the, the only thing, the only reason to see this movie is Eddie Redmayne's performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, he nailed it. He completely yes. knocked it out of the park. And I'm sure he's going to win an Oscar for this. There's just... He's a shoe-in. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, the the problem with this film is they know that. Right. <laughs> and they yeah. set it up. It's just it's just one scene after another where it's like, Redmayne, do your thing. This is your moment. And it's just a, like a series of those scenes and sequences. That it's just, it's terrible. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so many eye-rolling moments in this movie. And I know that that's going to make me sound so insensitive because this is a really powerful story, but the way that it was presented, I just wasn't feeling it. In fact, the first time I saw the trailer for this movie, it was in, it was in a theater, and I actually got choked up over the trailer yeah. of this movie. But when I saw the actual movie, I was not feeling any kind of emotion at all. Because no. and they, and they try really hard. I it, mean, the music in this movie is oh my ridiculous. God. Yeah, it just pummels it's you. It's just one musical cue after another that you you know it just telegraphs it from like a mile away. You yeah. know, it's the triumphant moment is coming. Yeah, I mean they they telegraph everything in this movie. They make sure that you know. Oh my God, he's showing symptoms. He dropped a pen. He's having a hard time walking. He's having a hard time writing. There's symptoms. I know, which is is kind of terrible. Just well, the whole the way everything is handled in this movie is just kind of it's kind of insulting. It's just so everything is so heavy handed, and I feel like the most interesting things about Stephen Hawking are not explored in this oh, movie no, 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 whatsoever. No. no, they reduce one of the greatest minds yeah. into just a Rudy type character. Uh, yeah it's just one scene after another where he's like crawling up the steps you yeah. know he's eating some soup it's like are you kidding me and the, the, the put, other he's putting thing. a sweater on and oh, yeah and he, gets and he has an epiphany yeah and which is another thing like again one of the greatest minds stephen hawking and the way that they introduce all of his ideas and you know these these moments where all of his genius ideas are born just like out of fucking nowhere. Like, oh, I was looking, I had my head yeah. stuck in a sweater. I was yeah. looking at the fire. And it just bam, clicks. Figured yep. it out. Just and figured out just, everything. Yeah, you're like, are you kidding me? Are you, I mean, come on. And the fact that, okay, like we said, this movie is based on his first wife's memoir. But at the same time, 
she her character Felicity Jones plays just seems to be regulated like off into the periphery. Like she just pops up every once in a while to like help out and you're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. With the exception of that kind of side plot they go into with her her relationship with the with the other guy. Yeah, but they they never seem Marsh never seems to give her room to breathe or, you know, really to create her own character. Like everyone's sort of stuck in these molds. Yeah. It's just oh, it's so formulaic. And then it just the non stop montages. One montage after another. <laughs> I it's, like the- I did, I will say, and I know that this was extremely heavy-handed too, but the montage at the end where they were kind of recapping everything and showing stuff in reverse and no, playing the music. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> Actually, do do I, that. I like the look of that. I did. Oh. Even though even though it has a lot of tropes that I don't like in movies, like replaying oh, scenes that. that we've seen before. Okay. And yeah, and play, you I, know, I thought that that... They were trying to parallel it with hawking's right his you know, theory. back yes. the clock and oh my god as soon as that started i was like no you're not gonna do this are you marsh and he did he went the whole way back to the beginning yeah but i think it what i mean is i think that it looked i like the way it looked and i like the way it played i just didn't uh i, I mean i wasn't by that time i was so <laughs> tuned out <laughs> of everything it, it was like a nice recap because i was forgetting everything from the movie like as it was happening <laughs> and it I was like- just like if you could see like a visual representation of what was happening it was like the images were coming out at me and then just bouncing off of my face like nothing was actually sinking in it was just deflecting off and yeah. i just sat with this glare i will say it and this i guess goes to is another compliment to redmayne's performance but i saw a lot of ryan's situation in this that was, movie? Yeah, that was the only thing that made this interesting for me. And it's like, because we've, like we've been through a situation similar to this. And it, I mean, it was spot on. Like, from him trying to eat to going up the stairs and... The slurred speeches. The slurred speech and just everything as far as the <clears throat> how the disease was progressing. Although it did seem like I was having trouble judging how much time had passed in certain parts of the movie where one second it seemed like he just got diagnosed and then all of a sudden he could barely walk and he was having trouble talking and it just seemed like and i don't know anything about luke eric's disease so yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure I, I'm, I'm certainly that. not an expert in that and i don't know how fast it progresses but it seemed like it progressed really fast yeah but again i wasn't you sure i can't tell if it was just Right. I don't know yes. if it was like a year or two later. I wasn't sure. Yeah, because there's the other time, you know, all of a sudden, boom, he, you know, he has his wheelchair with his uh, computerized voice. Mm-hmm. It's just like, geez, that was kind of sudden. Yeah. It just like introduced like bullet points, really. It's yeah, just... the, the way that they just kind of, they gloss over everything. Everything oh, is yeah. just like the his kids, you see his kids... <laughs> Every now and then, his kids pop up, and you're like, I wanted to know what his relationship was like with his yeah. kids. No, well, you got that in the montage with him riding around in his wheelchair. Yeah, because yeah, that, that covers it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm, I'm sure just, that that's an accurate representation of his relationship with his children. 
And just, yeah, like, I think he only spoke once to his kids. And that's when he was like, your mother's really angry at me. It's like, really? That's that's part of your script? And then, just, I mean, even the scientific moments are just completely glossed over. Like, when he gives his well, first the... lecture on yeah. black holes, the guy, a guy gets up and he's just like, he's like, this, is, this is this is nonsense and just storms out and then another guy i mean this is just amateur hour he gets up and he's like i'm an expert on black holes and you and were. I, <laughs> yeah i thought i was going to hear nonsense but you did it and then standing oh <laughs> yeah. standing oh and you're like what are you really that's what you just did and then even when they had the his, you know, huge lecture at the end with the Q&A and everything. I was like, uh-huh. okay, here we go. Now we're going to get some meat. No. And no, you get this fantasy sequence where fantasy he picks up sequence. a pen. <laughs> and then cue another standing O. And we just move on. And you're just like, what? You gave me nothing in this movie. Nothing. Except for Redmayne nailing it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Everything else is just completely forgettable. Yeah. This movie was tough to get through. I yep. was I've never been so upset with a movie. It's it was a struggle and that is for me too. But whatever, I don't care. See, I mean, I've saw I've seen uh, a number of other bad films this week and this weekend and you know what? They actually tried something though. This didn't even go for anything. It was just oh, it's, it's so insulting. Yeah, I unfortunately I agree and I do feel like kind of a dick saying it cuz I really admire Stephen Hawking. I think he is an amazing person. I think that he's a great, amazing mind. I mean, he's one of the, he probably is the smartest person living right now. And I think that what he's done in the world of science is astounding. But at the same time, I'm not feeling this movie, and I don't. And I just wanted more of the science. I guess is what I'm saying. I wanted more of the theory of everything. Are you- I mean, I wanted that too, but then, you know, okay, it's about the relationship. So, all right, I can see glossing over some of the scientific stuff. Yes, I get I, that. I, I get it. But yeah. even even the relationship to me didn't seem that well-developed. No. I mean, that, that, that seemed kind of glossed over and reduced to, you know, your standard. I mean, you've seen this relationship numerous times in movies. Yeah. It's just, it didn't feel like this was a movie about Stephen Hawking and his first wife. It's just, yeah. uh, oh, oh boy. Yep, uh, it's unfortunate just because Eddie Redmayne does such a great job. And Felicity Jones does a great job, too. I don't mean to downplay her at all. No, no, no. Of she's course. just, it's, honestly, she's not given much to work with here. It's not her fault. I mean, she tries her hardest, but she's not given anything. There's yeah. really no meat to her. You get, like, one, because <clears throat> I... You know, like we've said, we've been through this before, not to the extent that she went through. So, you know that there's a lot of tension and stress oh, yeah. that goes into it. And you get one scene, one scene where she's transcribing his information and he's yeah. like playing around in the living room and knocking stuff over. And they just cut to her and she's like, oh. Well, there's another scene and that's where. It. That's all you get. There was another scene where she was, they were driving somewhere. And you could tell that she was just so overwhelmed with everything. And it, yeah, and again, but that's where the, the whole 
you know, Stephen Hawking finally talks to one of his kids and <laughs> says, your mother's really angry at me. And you're like, really? That's the depth that you're going for? Yeah, uh, I, I think it's a shame. I don't know what they could have done to fix this movie, but I just was not on board at all with it, unfortunately. And I gotta say, you know, when I watched it, it was tough to get through, and then when I was done, I was just like, wow, I, I really don't want to ever revisit this again. But it wasn't that offensive to me. But now I'm realizing, like, as I talk about it with you, this movie makes me very angry. Oh, yeah. I was I was kind of angry throughout the whole thing, because just, it's just such a... It, they just pander so bad in this movie. It's like it was a movie designed to win Oscars, and yeah, I'm just not, just not on board with it. No. Mm-mm. And some Oscar-baity-type movies I'm okay with, but... I feel like every year there's at least one or two that come out like Lincoln or War Horse where I'm just like, ugh, here mm-hmm. we go. It's a chore. Such a chore. Like yeah. I don't feel like I experienced anything. I just feel as though I watched something to mark it off of a list. Like yeah. this was on my chore list. Because actually it was. <laughs> it was seriously on my chore list. And I ticked it off. Uh, watch that. Watch the theory. Yeah. See it was, the theory of everything. It was nestled in between vacuum and laundry folding. So hmm. that yep. sums up this movie. All right, let's go ahead and give this bad boy a score. I'm going to give the theory of everything a... Uh, I'll go... Oh, jeez. I'll go 5 out of 10 based solely on Redmayne's performance. Yeah. I uh I initially went five. I think I I dropped down to a four after we discussed some things here. I'm at a four. Four out of ten. Just mostly performances, that's it. Yeah. There you have it. Theory of everything playing in Select Cities right now. So check it out or don't <laughs> <laughs> Maybe maybe get uh prioritized and get some of your vacuum in and Laundry fold and done first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I wish I did that because now I'm behind. Let's move on to our next movie. This is one that I actually like quite a bit, and that's The Mule. This is directed by Tony Mahoney. Tony Mahoney. And Angus, sounds like a made-up name, right? Yeah. And Angus Sampson. The synopsis says, a, first, a first-time drug mule is caught by law enforcement. This stars Angus Sampson, Hugo Weaving, and Lee Wannell. Uh Kevin. I have a review for this up on the site, so we'll start with you. Kevin, what did you think of The Mule? I thought, for what it is, it's pretty damn good. I was surprised. I must well, say I was let, surprised. Let me just for... let me pause you there for just one second. Uh, the synopsis doesn't really say what this movie's actually about. It's about a guy who is he is a drug mule. He gets caught, and he they need him to poop, and he refuses to poop. So they keep him in a hotel room for days and days and days and he all the while he's trying to hold in his poop i it never can continue i don't know if i can now adults (laughs) adults saying the word poop is just oh it's great isn't it it's something else something else it's much like ryan saying wiener yeah he says wiener a lot it's it's something wrong with it um so yeah so for what it is i was surprised that you know how how well done it is how competent the film is the only the only thing for me is it did get very repetitive i just mm-hmm. i thought it was a bit too long for me that you know you have a very simple story it's kind of one note 
you know, you just have a guy in a hotel room who doesn't want to shit, can't shit, can't do it because his life is going to be ruined. And then a bunch of police officers that really want him to shit and they try and force him to shit. And that's that's all you got. So I do. To me, there's really no reason for this movie to be 103 minutes long. It seems entirely too long, to be quite honest. But it is pretty well made, I gotta say. I was I was surprised by it. Yeah, now this is... So Lee Wannell and Angus Sampson mostly do horror movies. So they, they're the guys that did... They, they're in Insidious, Insidious 2, Insidious 3, um, 100 Bloody Acres. That was Angus Sampson. So they mostly do a lot of horror movies. This is the first time they've done a crime thriller. And I think that it's Angus Sampson's directorial debut, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. So this is, it's loosely based on a true story. And I, I like this a lot. I do agree with you, and I can see your point on the length. And it is a little bit long. A little bit too long, and there is some repetitive stuff in it, but I think that a lot of that just goes along with what he was dealing with. Yeah. You know, days and days of them trying to make him shit and him trying everything he can to not shit. And then he he slips up once. Uh, Well, yeah. (laughs) that's That's the other thing about this movie. It's extremely disgusting. Very much so. There, there are a few scenes that are, and during those scenes, Angus Sampson, he really nails it on the believability factor. <laughs> I mean, how he's like gagging and yeah, ugh. yeah. That's that scene is very difficult to. Well, there's a few scenes that are kind of hard to watch in this movie. Yeah, there's there's a number of them. I found out because I saw this at South by, and he did a Q and A afterwards. And he actually swallowed those things for for real, and they made him out of uh, marzipan, <laughs> the the condom, the the, the drug Con- condoms, condoms with marzipan. Yep, and he had he swallowed them for real. Wow, that's uh, that's commitment right there. It is commitment. Yeah. Now, what what were they covered in the second time he swallowed them? <laughs> I don't. I mean, he 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 actually said, but I can't remember. I think he said uh-huh. it was. It was a chocolate, some kind of chocolate. Oh, boy. Uh, so Hugo uh. Weaving plays the cop, one of the cops in this. And I think he was his character was great. I thought he was really funny. And he played a really good dickhead cop. And I must say that I like the, the twists that, that happened in this movie. It is more involved than just a guy getting caught and they're trying to make him shit. I mean, that's the... That's the base. Yeah. You know, that's the foundation of it. But there's more involved with Lee Wanell's character plays his friend and, and football mate who is trying to help him. But they're kind of caught up because the people that bought the drugs are trying to get the drugs back. So And they're also trying to prevent him from talking to the police. So there's, there is a crime thriller element to it. Yeah. And it's all set on the backdrop of this huge yacht race that happened during this time. It's set in the 80s. And there was this giant yacht race that occurred every year. I don't know if it still happens or not, but it's basically the world championships of yacht racing. And every year, for years and years and years, America always won. And 
this one year, this year that this happened, Australia built this new type of yacht, like a hull or something, not, not a hull, uh, some sort of more aerodynamic yacht. And they actually won this race. So the whole movie, I don't know if you noticed, but everything oh, yeah, yeah. about the movie parallels the yacht race. Yes. It's the America's Cup. America's Cup, yeah, sorry. So yeah, they've they've won it 132 years in a row. And Australia finally ended it. Yep. Which was yeah, that was kinda interesting. The way that they I loved I was hooked right off the bat because it starts off with that, you know, all the T V footage and everything and you got mm-hmm. Eddie Secur suppression ring blaring through the stereo. Oh man, I was into it. But for me, the only thing that really took this down a notch was like I said, it just became a bit repetitive. It just kept, you know, it just became a series of scenes of him writhing in pain. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, oh, I got a shit. Oh, I can't shit. And she's like, yeah, I, I got you. <laughs> I know what's going on. Let's, can we add something to this? And then the only other thing that I was kind of disappointed with was when they went back and kind of explained what happened mm-hmm. at the very end you mean yeah i thought that that was kind of unnecessary it was pretty i thought it was pretty blatantly obvious to what it was what he it, did it, it was <clears throat> but i think it's fine to include that for people that maybe didn't pick up on the, the clues i liked that twist though too because angus Sampson plays a really likable guy in this movie and you feel you just feel bad for him that he's in this situation he was kind of manipulated into doing this, and now he's in this just awful position. And... Yeah, and it's it is he does play a very sympathetic character because he knows too, which is the part of it that hurts a little bit. That it, you know he always fucks things up, and here he was trying to you know he's trying to do kind of the right thing and help his family out, and he still fucked it up because he just couldn't wait for his damn yeah. luggage. Yeah. Just wait for your luggage, that man. Scene, that scene is so hard to watch because you're just like, oh my god, he is, he is fucking this up so royally bad. It's like, why? It, 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 it's like the only thing that he could have done worse in that situation is just walk up to the person and say, "I have drugs in my butt." Yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and then you know, I think, and again, he handles it pretty well because he hangs in there he overhears that you know all he has to do is wait it out seven days and he's okay they you know they have to let him go so he hangs in there and you think he's going to get out and then they get an extension yeah and that's three more that's yeah that's where some of the repetitive stuff comes in because not only do they do they get one extension but they get several and you're just like oh Hey, okay, I thought, I, know. We were, I thought we were through it, but no, we got two more days. That's what I mean. It's like after a while, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, like you're just you got stuck in a K hole here. Let's let's move on. But it, the, and then there does come a point where he's just he's done when he's talking to his lawyer, and he just wants out of this. He doesn't care what happens. He's just terrified, which I think really added to it. Like like I said, I was I was kind of surprised. Mm-hmm. about how good this movie is it's it, well it's also it is a crime thriller but it also has a lot of comedy in it too as as you might expect i liked the what was the guy's nationality the lithuanian the, the lithuanian guy <laughs> yeah i like that that guy he was funny 
and I just liked just a lot of the stuff in it. I, I liked it was a it was a dark humor, and it wasn't overtly goofy or anything. There were there was one fart joke that I can remember. Yes, but but it worked for me just to see the look, <laughs> the reaction of the lawyer, how it was a, a delayed reaction. So like he he farts and she's like oh that's okay and then it hits her like like ten seconds later and she has to leave. Uh, oh god. Oh, so boy. anyway, overall I like the mule a whole bunch. You can check it out on demand right now. So uh, originally my score I gave it an eight, but that had the festival bump. Festival bump. So. After rewatching it, a more realistic score for me would be a seven. I started out with a six. I think I might have been bumped up to a seven discussing it here. It's just very, I mean, uh, I, always I, also, have, I always have difficulties with these films in the sense that, again, this is not really my cup of tea. It's not a, a story that I'm interested in or I really want to see on film. <laughs> you know, but it is very competently made. I, I like the style of the movie too. It 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 takes place in the eighties, like I said, but it doesn't it doesn't overtly punch you in the face with eighties stuff, eighties no, nostalgia. Just, you know what I mean? It it is a much understated, more realistic yeah. version of the eighties. Yeah, it's like you know, it's another subtle mullet. In yeah, there, that eighties right. subtle mullet. Yep, and I I thought the soundtrack was great. I liked the the, like the title card, the way that that came up, I thought was really funny, and I like that a lot. And just the overall style of the movie, I was really on board with it the whole time. I just, I, I like the ballsy start the movie at the very beginning. Started off with someone looking into someone's butt. Yeah, this <laughs> <laughs> is making no no bones about it. Yep. This is a movie involving this guy's ass. So there you go. Get ready. There was a. I just thought Angus Would Sampson you, did such a great job. The sh, the sh, scene in the shower when he gets attacked by Hugo Weaving, and I I hope that these guys go on to do a lot lot more stuff because he was great in A Hundred Bloody Acres too. See, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to watch some more. I think the only thing I've seen these guys in was Insidious. Mm. I think that might be the only thing. Did you see the first Saul movie? No. I don't think I've seen any of the Saul movies. Because Lee Wannell is the creator of Saul. Okay, I and thought he, so. Yeah, he was he was in the first Saul movie, but he also he created the short film that the full length was based on, and he also I think wrote he wrote the first Saul movie, and what, did he write uh, he wrote Saul two also. Okay, again, not really my cup of tea. I don't well, know. I mean, I probably at some point should watch those, but it's just so it's something that I can't. I don't think I can prepare myself for that. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I would check out the first Saw movie and see if you like it. The interesting thing, I think the Saw movies get a bad rap. I know we're getting off topic, but I think the Saw movies get a bad rap. They're all very cleverly written, even though a lot of the later ones are they lose their luster. I mean, they're, they just kind of devolve into torture porn. Cause that's, I mean, Saul's what created that whole thing to begin with, you know? Yeah. But they're still very cleverly written. And the way that they all P 
piece together. It's kind of crazy. But uh, yeah, Lee Wanell, I'm I'm a big fan of his. I got to we, Ryan and I got to meet him at South by this year, and he's a really cool dude. And uh, he also wrote Cooties, which I saw uh, at, yes, at South I, by. Or, uh, I, saw that Sundance and loved it. I uh, I'm interested in seeing that one. Yeah, I think you'll like that. It's a fun horror comedy. All right, there you have it. The Mule. We're both giving that a seven out of ten. So check that out. Let's jump right into late phases. so this is directed by adrian garcia bogliano we interviewed him in the past so go back and check that out don't know the episode number (laughs) but we're pretty sure we interviewed him at some point uh... yeah he he actually talks about very very briefly about late phases in that interview because i asked him what he's got coming up next this was back when Here Comes the Devil came yes. out. Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember that now. So the synopsis for this, a war, a wounded war vet moves to a place where people are dying from mysterious circumstances. Terrible synopsis. <laughs> it's a werewolf movie. They, they die from a werewolf. And they, I mean, it's so p- obvious. Look at the poster. Anyway. Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? So Could be like a pack of wild feral dogs well that and that's something i'll get into with this movie uh so this stars nick uh nick Demichi. Demichi as ambrose he's the main character it also stars ethan Embry as his son now this movie i think has a really interesting premise i'll say right off the bat not a big fan of werewolf movies there's maybe three or four werewolf movies that i like uh so, not a big fan of the werewolf stuff, but this one interested me from the beginning because it's he's blind, and it's about a a blind vet that hunts moves, a werewolf, <laughs> moves into a retirement community, and, and yeah, and there's a werewolf on the loose killing old people, Bubba Hotep style. Oh yeah, and he decides to kill this werewolf. So, premise, I'm digging it. I'm digging the premise. Execution, not so much. I think that this movie started off strong, uh, but for me, by the end, it just it fell apart pretty... It, it crashed and burned for me pretty, yeah. pretty hard. Yeah. I mean, the it, did, it had me hooked from the beginning because it comes in, he finds some evidence... Which is pretty clear. Like, oh yeah, I don't. <laughs> well, he. It seems like he knows right off the bat. He the, knows. Which is which is one of the big problems I had with this movie. Ambrose. He knows. He's a <laughs> old blind man, and he knows exactly what's going on in this town right off the bat. And no one else <laughs> does. Even when people are dying, the the cops in this movie are so inept. That they're like, oh, it's just a wild animal. You guys live near the forest. It's like, yeah. no, that is Who's... not that is not the answer to what's happening here. <laughs> Let's think about this a little. I can understand if this is a town that has like the last forest in the if, world. No, there's a I, lot of towns that are that I could understand if it's the fucking village in that movie where the lions were killing people with Guy Pierce. This is, then I this could is, understand. This is New York, where they're they're kind of close to a little bit of a forest. Okay, 
there's a million towns like that, and not all of them have old people being slaughtered yeah. every month or so. Their, their windows are shattered in, their doors are broken down. I'm sorry, but if I was a cop and I was investigating a, a horrific grisly murder that looked like an animal was involved, I'd be like, okay, clearly a bear would not break down your door and slaughter a family. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is animals aren't drop kicking through windows, through bay windows, and just rampaging through your house. It, it, but it just seems like the cops are just so nonchalant about it. Oh, man, it's just They're, animal attacks. Like, well, you guys, li- what do you expect? You live near a forest. There's gonna <laughs> be some murders. <laughs> which, which, to make it even worse, like, all right, I understand that you had to do that to get this movie going. No, I, no the, I don't think the, you do, though. No. I, I think that you can show the cops I, investigating more, and that would make up for it. True. Okay. But, all right. Like, I'm even... I'm letting it go for a little bit. Okay. Let's... Okay. We'll, just, we'll shelf that. It, we'll shelf I'm, that part. I'm letting it go for a little bit. I'm like, you know, kind of shitty, but whatever. What, what else you got? And then later on in the movie, there's a character that walks out into his backyard retirement community. All the houses are really close together. And they make a point of saying that the houses yep. are so close together. And you can hear people All in neighboring houses. All the time. No one hears werewolves, though, even though they're howling at the moon. Yeah. Just... And causing a ruckus. <laughs> just breaking through shit all the time, tearing people's guts out, just wrecking stuff, really. So this guy walks out of his house. He's walking in his backyard, and you're like, oh, what's he getting into? <laughs> Motherfucker has a smoker. Uh, yeah. Just a smoker in his backyard for no goddamn reason. What's next to the smoker? Oh, how about a wooden container chock full of dead dogs? Yeah. Just tons. Rotting tons, dead dogs. Rotting dead dogs, maggot infested dead dogs. And he's just throwing them into a smoker. No one notices. No one. Yeah. No one notices that this guy has a smoker in his backyard for no reason. It's not that he, it's not like he, they established a scene where he's like, Walking around and giving people smoked meats as, you know, gifts. He just has a smoker for no reason. Yeah. That I had a problem with that too. <laughs> I had a problem box, with with a box of dead dogs. I had a problem with that guy in general. I will uh, I forgot to mention Tom Noonan is in this. I, I like him a lot and I think he's good in this movie too. He plays a creepy priest. And Larry Fassaden is in this and I like him too. He was the tombstone salesman. Tom Noonan plays a, gr- a great, uh, creepy everything. Yeah. He's just kind of inherently creepy for some In that show, Hell on <laughs> Wheels, he plays a creepy priest also. <laughs> He's getting typecast as the creepy <laughs> priest. I hope he pulls out of that. Uh, yeah, him and uh, Dimitri, I thought, I mean, they're the highlights of this movie. I liked I liked Dimitri's performance a lot. Uh, I thought, I thought he that he was job. a badass. Yeah. I thought that he was a complete badass. And that's one of the disappointing things about this movie for me was that there was this great buildup. It's it's a very slow, I would call it a slow burn. Oh yeah, because the the as soon as he moves into his house, which takes place at the very beginning of the film, werewolf attack. So and again, he just he knows right off the bat what's up. Apparently, he's like an expert on werewolves. Well, no, he's he has common sense. Well, even it's, even so, it's kind of just odd that he's like you know okay, I have one more month until. Another one comes. So you have this whole like waiting period of him getting ready and yeah, he's, getting the lay of the land, up. 
gearing up, this, setting traps. Oh, he has this great sense of smell, but he doesn't smell a goddamn smoker that's like five houses away with dead dogs. <laughs> so he's getting his shit together for this, this the next showdown with Werewolf. And one of the biggest problems I have with this is that he is always in a state of burying his dog. Like every time they show him, he's in the backyard digging. 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 He's either, but he, the dog never goes in until the very end. So there's just another dead dog. Right. Just well, and who well, is? And they they comment on that. They're like, that is, dog's been laying out there for two weeks. You got to take care of that dog. Yeah, they notice that, but they don't notice the box. The that box has full. 40, 47 dead dogs in it. They don't notice that one. But again, he's just always burying the damn dog. Well, it was all preparation. He was using the dog as bait. Well, and, and the the hole was not just for the dog, but for the werewolf. I I know, I know. It just it seems like it takes him a really long time to dig a hole. Well, he's old. He's got to pace himself. Well, I did like the montage with him training with his cane sho- his cane shovel. Or his oh yeah, cane. <laughs> and uh, he tweaks his back at the end of it. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. This movie would have been perfect if they injected some comedy into it and played it a little bit more funny if they if they made it less serious that's the problem with this movie is that everything is taken so seriously and a lot of what happens you just can't take seriously no you can't now i do okay so we have all that build up this waiting period where he's burying a dog for a month so when it finally comes to the showdown what did you think because the whole time I'm watching this movie. The only thing I'm thinking is, how are they going to do the, the werewolf. werewolf transformation? How's this going to? So be? the the way that they did the werewolf transformation, first of all, they used all practical effects in this movie, which which I thought looked pretty good. Instantly, I, I instantly applaud any filmmaker that uses practical effects, especially in something like a werewolf transformation. That's got to be tricky to do that. Uh, there were certain parts of the effect of the special effects that I thought looked awful, that just looked so bad, and in some parts I thought looked good. There was a scene where, when the person is transforming into the werewolf, he rips off his human face to that. Ex- was... That looked amazing. Because <laughs> I, I don't, liked... I don't even know how they did that, but no, it looked awesome. It was great because it starts with him like ripping his chest. Yeah, he just rips his skin off, and you're like, damn, that looks pretty good. And then I kind of liked how he did with the camera where it was him transforming and then it would go to the other character to get his reaction shot and then it would kind of come back mm-hmm, midway mm-hmm. through. The The only time that I thought it looked kind of bad was the second time it came back and he's like holding his arm up. Yeah. And you know, the, the claws and stuff are coming. That that looked fake. But yeah. So, and then almost the entire transformation is over except for the face, which... Naturally, I'm just sitting there like, well, how, how are they the going to do this? How the hell are they going to do the yeah. face? And then he just rips his face off. Yeah. <laughs> which I was like, God damn, that looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I got to hand it to you. That yeah, was pretty but, badass looking. I mean, yeah. your werewolf looks really weird. You have a weird idea of what a werewolf is because they kind of look like they kind of look like a mixture of a werewolf and like one of those toy dogs. Mm-hmm. So it was a little odd looking, but I thought the transformation was pretty good. Yeah. I think some of the other some of the other effects work looked okay. There was a scene where a werewolf uh, he like jumped on a car or jumped through a car windshield, and that looked pretty bad. 
<laughs> the worst part is that is the slow mo inside shot yeah. of the character getting glass on him and he's just like oh <laughs> oh like, oh just like come on that's, so that's not good overall i'll say the special effects are a bit of a mixed bag but i still very much appreciate the practical yeah and i gotta the use say of practical con- effects considering what i saw from here comes the devil and how bad that movie looked this is a huge step. This is a big step up, I I will say. Uh I think I still liked I saw the devil or um here comes the devil more than this. But eh. <laughs> it's it's got some fun moments in it. The end battle with the werewolves was a bit of a mixed bag for me too. They do something interesting with the werewolf and what he what the werewolf does to prepare because the werewolf knows that this is there there's going to be a battle too. Yeah. So he does something to prepare. I'm not going to say what it is, but I think that that was kind of an interesting little that was, twist. That was an interesting twist. I like that. But overall the final battle I felt looked a little cheap visually and I I don't know what I was expecting. I guess I was expecting something more grand with the final battle but it wasn't horrible yeah there was this i think it's just i I don't know i I guess maybe the script has something to do with what was going on in this movie that i didn't like there was a scene where he's having a conversation on a bench with tom noonan that felt a little bit sappy to me also when he's talking about the war yeah that kind of felt unnecessary like that, you know, that's a bit too serious to have in a movie that's about an old blind man hunting werewolves. Yeah. Seemed a bit much. I think that's the problem is that that long stretch in between his preparation period and waiting, yeah. and, you know, taking forever to bury a dog. I think that that just kind of exhausted you by the time that the final showdown did come. Yeah. You know, I wasn't as amped up for it. Yeah, a little bloated. We was a little was bloated. A little bit. I was just like, okay, let me see your transformation. Let me see how you do it, and then let's move on. Let's go. Got stuff to do. <laughs> An impatient person, apparently. I don't know. Plus, that's the other thing too is that <clears throat> this is at the end of a stretch of movies that I didn't really have any interest in. So I, you know that might play that might play a part too. I'm sure it does. Well, I I just don't I don't think it's very a very well made movie. I think that I think that the director Adrian Garcia Bogliano, I think he's definitely coming into his own. If you look at the last few movies he's done, there is a a clear maturity that's happening with his movies cuz I saw Cold Sweat, which was one of his earlier movies and I didn't like that at all. I thought that looked bad. I thought it wasn't a very interesting movie at all. I thought it was pretty poorly made. Here Comes the Devil. I liked the story in that, but there were a lot of elements of that that didn't necessarily work for me. And I think that this movie is his most technically proficient movie. And, I, and I'm not going to give up on this guy. I'll, I'll definitely see what he comes out with next because it's still an interesting premise. You know, it's not a found footage movie or a ghost story. No. So that alone makes it. Nice Somewhat sh- interesting. 
it was a nice shot. Yeah, just didn't necessarily work on all levels. We have a review for this up on the site. Blake wrote a review, a uh, really good review, so check that out if you get a chance. What are you going to give Late Phases, Kevin? Ah, boy. I give it... Oh, give it a five. I'm going to go four and a half Ooh, on wow. Late Phases. I'm actually higher. How about that? Yeah. It's odd. I don't know. I just was... It was like a meh. <clears throat> meh. Meh. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about our final film of the week joy kevin so this is an indie pick it's playing right now on nobudge.com so i don't know i think that with a lot of those movies they uh, they only put them up there for a limited time right but i think i think he i think it's also on vimeo because i think that's where he's pulling it from anyways well yeah i saw that but i didn't know if i don't know either way This is currently available to watch. It is written and directed by Caleb Johnson. I have a synopsis here. A tiny dancer and her struggling comedian husband find cohabitation at odds with their art. With their art. Stars Tally Medell. Is that how you you pronounce it? Maybe. Okay. And (laughs) (laughs) It's either, yeah, either that or Tally Meadle. I don't know. Uh, okay. Also, it stars Jordan Cl- Clifford as Whatever. Kevin and Joy. Now, Kevin, was did you like this movie in part because the character's name is Kevin? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, let me guess. But I, you know, I don't. You know, I, I don't, I'm going to say outside the realm of possibility. Did you find the characters in this movie relatable? Uh, yeah. Is that, is that, cause <laughs> yeah. as you were yeah. watching it, were you like, oh, okay, this I've is, seen, this, I've seen some of this. This is, this is I've me ex- or this I've, ex- is... I've experienced some of this stuff. Yeah. Cause I, I felt, I felt the same way for the most part. And this is a very, I mean, this is only just, just over an hour long. So it's a, it's a breezy little movie and there's not <laughs> much going on in it. It's just about the relationship of this young couple and they're both having issues in their career fields. One is a comedian, the other one's a dancer, and they're both having problems. He's having writer's block. She's having dancer's block. <laughs> ah, fucking dancer's block. Dancer's dude. block is the it's, worst. It is. You know, you're it trying is. to set up this nice, energetic piece to amp up this crowd of corporate people that you're performing for. I know, and you just can't find a person that can do... A sufficient ski motion. What was the one? A sack of potatoes. Sack of potatoes. <laughs> I need you to be my clay man. <laughs> clay man. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought this movie was really, really funny. It's very low budget, very slight indie movie. One I, I would even I don't know if people are still using the term mumblecore, but I think that this would fall into that category a little bit. Uh but I overall I really enjoyed it. I, just, I, thought it, I thought it was really I, funny. I thought it was smartly written. I liked the characters for the most part. The only issue I had was towards the end, because it's funny, because up until the end, I was like, wow, I there's a lot. This feels like a real couple. This feels like situations I've been in and conversations that I've had. And then all of a sudden, when the when Joy has her meltdown, I was like, okay, nope, nope, that's not. That's not what's happening in my life. 
<laughs> I felt like that was a little bit, it, it took it a little bit too far for me and it started, it kind of broke the yeah reality of it for me. I don't, I don't want to really get into anything, but it didn't go too far for me. So <laughs> without saying much right. else to that, I, that was, I've seen that face that she nails at the end there towards the end before it gets into the sort of like dream sequence, mm-hmm. what she would like to do. And I have to say, she nails it. Oh, yeah. She, uh, Tally Medell was, she was great in this movie. My favorite scene was the one where she's having a conversation with her employer in the dance studio and how she was just struggling so hard to yeah, that was a, tell him. Are you, are you talking about the first one the, where he the comes? The first one. Yeah. And he, you know, wants to see some of the stuff that she's been working mm-hmm. on. Yeah, that yeah. was a that was an uncomfortable scene to watch. And then you have the whole uh, the addition of the the sack of potatoes guy keeps popping up. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. he, I mean, he wants to be in this thing so bad. So bad. She, she has to put up with his shit. And I just, I, I thoroughly enjoyed like the last. I could be wrong, but I think it's like the last ten minutes or so where, he, you know, he comes back again to see what she has. She shows him. He's not happy with it. He shows her what she wants him to do and you know she just goes off on him yeah she just freaks she freaks, freaks out. out and then to make things worse sack of potato guy shows up again and she just loses it even more and then take with that into okay they have an anniversary date here we go good times and no it just gets worse and she just and you knew you knew it was coming but i honestly going into this movie i thought it was just like a a fun comedy for like an hour. Like, oh, look at these well, quirky yeah. people and their relationship. And, oh, they're, you know, scheduling their days because he can't work when she's around and she can't work when he's around. And they're trying to, you know, exist in this small apartment. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after a while, you're like, you know what? They don't spend any time together. What the hell's going on here? I was, then, yeah. Know, some seething resentment. That's why I was spoiling. A- that's why I was a little disappointed with it, but at the same time, I think that it was effective what they did. I was disappointed in that, like you said, for the first 45 minutes, maybe even 50 minutes, I was having so much fun with these characters because I liked both of them. I liked their relationship, and I was I was thinking to myself, oh, this is a really just a light, fun movie. I'm having a great time with this. You know, it was funny. I was laughing. I felt good. And then all of a sudden, things take a dark turn. And I was like, oh, now I'm sad. (laughs) And I just like, you know, she goes off on him at the end when she's double fisted tequila and Coronas. And just the fact that he's like, you know, I'm I'm just I'm trying my best. And I think I'm doing a bang up job. And I'm just sitting there thinking, no, no, you haven't. You've been just like sifting through trash for the last like half an hour that's all yeah. i've seen you do <laughs> I, did, I did i will say that i loved the scene when it, it just cuts to them eating dinner and he's sitting on the chair <laughs> it's did you way also, too high for the table did you also notice when you know he's going through the hand therapy and she flips out and throws away a, a whole watermelon and chases her out of the room with the trash can mm-hmm. did you notice like when he opens up the door and she you know slides out with it there's also the small red chair that he yeah, was looking at. Small... 
Yeah. <laughs> so they still keep like little little bits of comedy in there. Yeah, it's not like it it's not like it has a complete one eighty turn or anything. It's not like they kill each other. I don't <laughs> It doesn't go that dark. I mean, even when you know, they're having their huge blow up argument fight. I mean, she crawls into the cupboard. Yeah. So it's not all terrible. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. I just I thought that it that transition I thought was very well done. I thought it was pretty seamless how they snuck yeah. that up on you. Yeah. But again, I just I thought it was hilarious. The fact that I mean their argument about where his painting went, (laughs) how that all unfolded, her being obsessed with putting her baby's hand in her mouth. That that, that conversation was really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Just everything. I had a a great time with it. So did I. I would highly recommend checking it out. You know what I just realized? Because of this made me watch The Unspeakable Act, which is where Tally first showed up so i watched that this weekend and then i realized that she was in uncertain terms which i didn't realize while watching uncertain terms but now i do so i've watched all of her stuff this year wow which she was she was pretty good in uncertain terms too yeah i liked her i liked her a lot in this it seemed like almost every scene was her getting out of the shower just singing her silly songs she's always taking a shower that was I've, but I know that too. Like if I have creative block, I'm always like, oh, I'll take a shower. That'll clear things up. Yeah, it doesn't though. It doesn't. Yeah, some sometimes I feel more creative when I'm in the shower. But all right, what are you gonna give Joy Kevin? Joy Kevin, I I'm gonna give an eight. I'm also gonna give it an eight. I, had I a, think you should definitely check this out. It's just it's an hour long. It's free. It's available now, so check it out. We'll put a link in the show notes in case you missed it, but it's available at nobudge.com. All right, let's go ahead and move on to some predictions. Last week, Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. Mockingjay. Mockingjay. So we have a review for this up on the site, which uh, Mary reviewed it, and it was funny because I talked to her after she saw it, and she was like, that was a disappointment. And she's like, I didn't like it at all. And then she wrote the review, and I was like, what, what are you going to score it? She's like, eh, I don't know, six. <laughs> I was like, six? All you did was say how how bad it was, and you're going to give it a six? But anyway. <laughs> so check out our review for that up on the site. You, I said 68 on that one. You said 74, actual 67. Ooh. Uh, that's the only one we predicted last week. This, uh, this week we have the Penguins of Madagascar. Now, I'm not going to see this. I'm not interested in it. But I will say there's a scene in the trailer where the one penguin's eating cheese curls. And I think it's really funny. <laughs> because they so, they show it in, in slow motion of him eating a cheese curl. And I love thinking about a penguin eating a cheese curl. And he's got that orange shit all over his mouth. Oh, God. Uh, I will say, I'll, I'll say 76 on Penguins of Madagascar. 76. I'm going to go 72. Have you seen any of those Madagascar movies? I want to say I saw the first one. I think there's like 15 of them out at this point. I th- I'm pretty sure I saw the first one. Obviously, it did not have that much of an impact on me. I think that I saw the first one too and I didn't like it. Because I think, like, it's, does David Schwimmer voice someone? 
Yeah, he's the giraffe. Okay, that's the only thing I know. <laughs> For some reason, that's what stuck. David Schwimmer. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 I think he's suited for a giraffe <laughs> i think he would play a good giraffe uh next week we also have horrible bosses too uh, uh, why this why to me this happen? looks pretty bad i yeah. don't i'm not sure why this one exists but <laughs> what are you thinking on it mm, i'm thinking a 28 mm. i'll say 36 you're feeling a little more optimistic than me yeah i'm feeling a little are you planning on seeing it Don't no no <laughs> <laughs> you like the first one though right i did like the first one but it should end there I yeah i don't want to hang out with these people again yeah same here it seems like it's just gonna be the it's same be, thing yeah it's, it's gonna be the same be thing overkill it's gonna be overkill horrible bosses too like yeah i don't know maybe it'll be funny we also have in limited release next week the imitation game another biopic this one sounds better though or i'm hearing better things I don't I don't really know. I've read some mixed things out of Tiff on that one. Mm. But I mean both the theory of everything and the imitation game are getting mostly positive reviews. Okay. So yeah. I don't know what to think about these Oscar movies. Uh we also have the Babadook, Babadook. Hitting, hitting theaters, limited release. Check that out. Before I disappear, I can't remember what that's about. And the Immortalists. <laughs> You're like, oh, I just, I just <laughs> like, yeah, skipped like, it. I'm not even gonna fucking look that up. I nope. Just, I don't. I don't remember what it's about. I know I'm supposed to be informative, but fuck it. Oh, do you want to tell me what before I disappears about? Not really, but I can. Now that I kind of pointed out, I feel like I have to. Yeah. Damn it. Now it's now it's <laughs> your obligation. Now the burden is on you to tell us what. Okay, man. Before I disappears about. Oh, here we go. It's about a troubled young man and his straight-laced niece as they embark on a thrilling odyssey through New York City. Heart-rending drama based on an Oscar-winning short. Dude, his life hits rock bottom. So him and his niece just go on an adventure. Precocious kids. Oh, yeah. Cool. Sean Christensen and Ron Perlman. There you go. Rocking it out. Next week on Video On Demand, we have The Babadook. Uh, All right. And before I disappear, that's it. Um, that's all I have here. However, there may be some others. Oh, there's popping up. Usually, when yeah, normally it's a huge section, list. It's, it, yeah, it's like a list of like yeah. I, I don't have that many for next week. Next week on DVD and Blu-ray, or this week rather, uh, we have The Expendables Three, The Giver. Uh, I did not like The Expendables Three. I did not see The Giver. That's the young adult. One. Oh yeah. I was at Panera Bread the other day and I was eating lunch and someone that was sitting at a table across from me was watching The Giver, a pirated copy of The Giver on watching, his laptop. Watching The Giver on a yeah. laptop at Panera Bread. <laughs> yeah. He had a lot going on. <laughs> he had a lot going on in Holy his life. Shit. To watch a pirated copy of The Giver at Panera Bread. Wow. Eating eating his broccoli cheese soup. Was it a bread bowl? No. Bread. Oh. No. Negative on the bread bowl. That would have nailed it. That would have put it over the top if it was a bread bowl. <laughs> oh, I love Panera Bread. A Merry Friggin' Christmas comes out on DVD and Blu-ray. That was probably the fastest turnaround I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> it, like, it literally came out in theaters. 
I think two weeks ago, and that's wow, quick turnaround. I, I think that that was probably going to be a straight to DVD. I think so too. With. I think so too. The November Man stretch. That's the one with Patrick Wilson. Did I'm, you see that one? No, I'm I'm interested okay. in that. I missed. I was it. gonna say I wonder wonder how it was. It looked interesting, but I typically don't like the crime comedies like that. I think it's a I think it's a comedy, right? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. I'm asking like you. Was, I'm asking right. you. Well, I'll try to check out Stretch next week. We also have What If. That's the rom com with Daniel Radcliffe. Oh yeah. It it didn't look that bad. It has a really bad Blu-ray cover though. And as, as do uh, most. Yeah. They really do. I mean, they when do. you look at they just they don't at, even try anymore. It seems yeah. like when you look at VHS covers of the eighties and even into the nineties, they look so much better. I know. We the, I majority, mean, we, the majority of them. We we talk about it numerous times, but just that's one area though. All you have to do is just put a little more thought and attention into it. And I trust me, you would sell more if you just made them more enticing. Or have more reversible covers like what Draft House and Screen well, now, Factory. Well, does. now you're getting out of hand because that's crazy talk. It's not. It's perfect. That's cr- that is it's crazy a. Talk. It, I think it's a perfect middle ground because you can have the lame-looking theatrical poster or theatrical cover, and then on the inside you can have the cool art version of the cover that should have came out to begin with. Yeah. Uh, we also have a Medea's Christmas. Yes. Next week, anything on cri- Criterion? Criterions. Oh, we have two, my friend. We have Antonioni's La Ventura coming out on Blu-ray, and this is an interesting one. We have all of the documentaries of Les Blank, all fourteen of them, hmm. in a box set. Which uh, I would, I want to check out this guy. I've seen one of his. I don't know if you remember when I talked about the the garlic documentary. I think no. that, that was like last year or so. He oh. he does some interesting subjects. I mean, he has one that's called Yum, 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 A Taste of Cajun and Creole Cooking. Gap-toothed women. <laughs> <laughs> is that an entire documentary on gap-toothed women? I, it seems like it is. Um, in heaven, there is no beer, question mark. The one I saw is Garlic is as good as Ten Mothers, which was very interesting, actually. He's got one on Lightning Hopkins, the blues, the blues man. He's all, I mean, he's got some interesting stuff going on. Hmm, interesting. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check that out. I think all of these are on Hulu Plus. If you have that, but you saw, you saw Burden of Dreams, didn't you? I didn't see that yet. No. Oh, I thought you talked about that. No, I saw the movie that his. It's all Fitzgeraldo. Yeah, yeah. I hear Burden of Dreams is amazing. Yes, I hear the same. All right, I think that that'll wrap it up for the day. I, I quickly wanted to mention. Going back to the mule for just one second. Angus Sampson chugging a beer. That first scene. That first scene. How I, How I, does he even do that? I don't know. It's one gulp. He, he chugs a... I'm, maybe it wasn't a pint, but it looked like a pint. I don't know. But I've never understood how people can do that. He slammed that beer so fast. It's like a split second. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, I think that'll wrap it up for the day. Send us your questions to podcastfilmpulse.net. We'll be sure to answer them on the show. Follow us on Twitter, at FilmPulseNet and at FilmPulseKevin. Be sure to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that so much. For FilmPulse.net, my name's Adam. 
My name's Kevin. And we'll see you on Thursday for Ryan Watches a Movie. Just, I regret like every single fucking thing I do in my life. And I don't know why.